This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, my name is Sylvia Wong, and I am the Digital Marketing Manager at Envision. Today, we are having a conversation about landing pages, and I have Brian, our paid marketing specialist with me, uh, who is going to be having this conversation. Brian, would you like to introduce yourself? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. As long as I'm front and center here, I don't know if the camera's still on yourself, but uh, (laughs) if it's on me. Full screen on you. uh, I'm uh, Brian Jones. I'm the paid advertising specialist here at Envision on the DM team. Uh, anything Facebook, Google, that's me. And I'm a analytics superstar. <laughs> I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. We have our beers here. So cheers from afar. We're filming, you know, from a distance because of COVID. Um, but yeah, I think landing pages is a good way for us to, oh wait, cheers, you have to drink. Oh yeah, cheers. Um, I made the suggestion that we talk about landing pages because I thought we can both have a pretty at-length talk about it. It's a big buzzword in the industry, and I feel like when we offer it to clients, they often have a lot of the same questions that happen. So mm-hmm. I want to run through like the questions that they ask because it, it comes up so frequently and then go through, you know, the pros and cons of building a landing page, what we've seen works in what industries and just kind of run, run through our experience with them since we've, we've been doing this for a while now. So first and foremost, what's a landing page? Do you want to do you want to take a shot at, yeah. at telling me? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it sounds so simple. And it is, but like there's a lot of considerations that people don't know about. So simply a landing page is just the page that website traffic lands on when people click on an ad. But there's so much that goes into it because it's 2021 and the algorithms are insane. Like there's so many optimizations that you can make on the landing page to get better results for your for the client. And there's there's just the list goes on and on. Yeah. Uh, do we want to connect her? I'll just I'll pass. But what do you think the landing page is? <laughs> okay. So I I would describe a landing page as a page that you build in isolation from your website. So it's something that like it it exists, but it is um, not necessarily something that you can navigate to when you're on your website and it can't navigate back to your website either. So it's kind of this isolated experience in which you're just sending traffic straight there so you can measure exactly what's happening on that site separate from your existing one. In that sense, like it gives you this opportunity to take your brand and not rely on all the existing styling on your site, not rely on any of the formatting of your site. And it, I think the core things that are on a landing page is there's no navigation. That's usually a shocker for our clients. It's like, okay, we're going to build you like a whole other page, but it doesn't have the about contact us, like all of those things. It's driving to a single message or a single like call to action. 
in which we want that user to do. So um, I think looking at that user journey, it's somebody starting from ads. So they see your ad and then instead of pointing them to your website, you point them to a landing page. And on that landing page, like there's only one thing you want them to know. It's not like learn more about us. It's not look at our about page. It's not read our blogs. It's not anything. It's like fill out this form or buy this now or, or do this one action, whatever it is we've mm -hmm. decided the goal is. Um, and yeah, I think that like, that can be confusing for some clients and like, why would you build that separate environment? But yeah, but, but like it, once, once it is that separate environment, like we, we use tools that we can make modifications so easily. We can connect it to all of our tools. We can track absolutely everything. Like if people are navigating their mouse over a certain area, we can create heat maps. Yeah. You know, we, we track and optimize for everything. And if there are certain tweaks, we can quickly clone over the page, do it again, A-B test. Like it's it's essentially, we're just creating a sandbox in on their website where we can have at it with all these creative tools. I like, and, that. Uh, I like that you call it a sandbox because like it's, it's so isolated that it doesn't get um, blurried by any other data. So I think one thing we might've forgotten to mention is that most of the time when we build a landing page for a client, we mark it as no index, right? Mm -hmm. And so anyone that doesn't know what no index means, it's um, you're telling search engines, like don't rank this, like there's no SEO, like don't even look at it. And so for that reason, like there's no traffic coming from search, there's nothing coming to it other than that ad environment or anyone that has the link. Mm-hmm. But but that, that's a good thing, though, because you don't want um, people just navigating the web to land on your landing page if they weren't in the proper funnel, because you can have separate landing pages for different funnels, different target demographics, different campaigns. And, and you don't want that landing page to be to be shown to anyone because you can have custom offers. Yeah. There's a lot of great stuff that you can do with it. And yeah. uh, that reminds me, like we we've had a client where there were three different demographics that were to be targeted, but all three of them had really different benefits of the product. So we actually just built three separate landing pages so that each of those ad sets would only go to the one landing page and they would feel like this landing page is speaking very directly to me. And it was mm -hmm. like it was on the basis of like what their professions were. Like one was literally for like nurses, another one was for like flight attendants. So like you felt like, oh, they knew yeah. I'm a flight attendant and they, there was this understanding of like the, they're meeting my needs in these ways. Yeah, and, and we, have, we have a tool called Google Optimize now and some, some people might have heard of it, but it, it's insane. You can automatically adjust certain headlines and pictures on the website yeah. based on the demographic of the per person landing on that site. Yeah. It's kind of creepy, not going to lie, because if Google knows that, you know, I'm in my late 20s, I'm on the yeah. site, I see the 20s version of the website as opposed to like the older audience. So, you know what I mean? So, you know, the internet is a pretty powerful place, but knowing how to use all these different tools, like that's how you can make the best landing page possible. Yeah, it's really like, advanced A-B testing. I think like while we're on the topic, what tools do you or we use for um, tracking on landing pages? Because I think the one that like 
you've kind of nerded out on, I'm very much directing this question, is call rail, <laughs> call rail and call tracking. Oh. Oh my God, I love call rail. It's one of the, it's one of the things that like you know once I started uh, in this field, I'm like, oh yeah, call forwarding, call tracking. Sure. That's all good, you sure. know. So for those that don't know, call rail is a, a call tracking product. What that means is that say you have a phone number on your website, you basically create this forwarding number, this like six four seven version of your number. You put that on your site, and when people call that number it automatically gets routed to your actual phone number. Yeah. But in the call tracking software, it records the conversation and captures so, so much analytics. So it like it knows your age, like who they are, like the, uh, their, your name, all this stuff, and it records the conversation. So you know exactly um, if a certain page or your website is performing, you can create unique tracking numbers for different campaigns or pages so that you can see which pages are generating the most you know number of calls and it's so powerful i we recently started getting into call flows so yeah. you know for a larger manufacturing client with you know lots of different sales numbers customer service numbers we can do those i don't know if you ever I don't know, called like, I don't know, the government or something. It's just like, there's like a, a voicemail once you land, once you call them. And then this it's like, so relevant press because one of our tax calls that we've had to make this week. <laughs> it's, it's April 30th. Uh, that's what I'm doing. Uh, right uh, better be call. done today. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, after anyway, being so in any like call flow where you have to like press those numbers and stuff like that awareness now of like what's being recorded, it's so interesting. And I think mm -hmm. Brian, you've sent me recordings of very specific like client calls that we've listened in on to see the effectiveness of leads and how many times have we found like really specific problems like a call recording is like so powerful in figuring out almost where we're losing a client right like i think there was like one incident of really long uh a really long message another one of like voicemail issues Tell me about Oh this. my God. Tell yeah, me. yeah. So I just, dirt. I get so excited because this is, it's fun. It's awesome when your job is also entertaining. <laughs> this is a very entertaining <laughs> part of my job. Yeah. But um, essentially, yeah. So some people's, you know, it, for when you're paying for leads, some industries have a higher cost per lead than others. But, you know, if you're, you're booking a chiropractic appointment, like that's a pretty high value lead. Yeah. And there's other industries with way higher cost per leads. But you don't really want if some if you're paying like fifty bucks like more or more for a lead, and you don't want them to sit on like a one like welcome to the office you know press like one for like this person press two for this person no like stakes they, you are know high. you, you stakes are high because uh, people like when we are doing PPC the cost of someone making that call you've already paid for them to make that call because you need them to click on your ad so. I don't know what averages are, but like 20 to $50 for some leads. And it's like, if you send them to a number in which they have to wait for like a minute and a half, like, what does that mean? Yeah. Or how do they feel for sure. about their experience? For sure. And it, for anyone in sales, when you have a lead, like you act when it's hot, yeah. <laughs> the faster you can get to that lead, uh, the better and the, the more effective it is. So for for paid traffic, we, we like to sort of when clients realize that, you know, the office manager is like missing paid yeah. calls and stuff like that. And 
you know, there's, you know, voice, sometimes voicemail issues or sometimes like we had one client where the, you know, their inbox was full for like a month and they were missing out on so many great leads. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Uh, and they're just like, I want the leads to come to my cell phone. And, and we can do that. So if someone's just calling the company normally, sure, they go into your, your existing call flow. But if they're a paid lead and, you know, they're searching for terms that indicate that they're ready to make a purchase, then they can go to your cell phone. And obviously no one wants the cell phone calls that are just like, I need help with my product or I need to speak to customer service. Like you do not want those calls. I wouldn't want those calls, but we can ensure that only the people that are like, I want to sign up for like this or that, or I want to buy this or that, those calls uh, can go to the, the right number every time. Definitely. I. It's been so interesting, like catching those problems and then being able to take it to the client and say like, change your voicemail right now, or like set up your inbox or like, give me your cell phone yeah. number so we can just give you the leads because like, you don't want to waste these opportunities. You've paid for, for sure. For, for sure. And, you know, it's it's so technical. I, I've, I've really enjoyed getting into it because with call flows, you can set up like schedules so that if they're calling during business hours, they go to a specific line or if it's outside of business hours, it goes straight to a voicemail and then the yeah. voicemail recording gets emailed to you. Like there's so many options and it's it's you, you wouldn't expect for this to be a possibility, but here at Envision, we have so many tools and uh, I like to think that we're pretty good at using all of them. Yeah, it's been it's been really effective, like any clients that will accept calls to just like troubleshoot, figure out like how to properly get those leads. And then at the same time, like the um, thing that we've really needed from clients is that feedback on who has been a good lead and who hasn't because mm-hmm. you're also able to track like through our call tracking, which, uh, is it like which keywords they use to search and then call For in sh- and then you like kind of measure what the call was and. Yeah, so it, it's a, it gets a little technical, you know, we can set up what, what are called website pools on CallRail. So this yeah. is where you have um, multiple phone numbers on your website and we install JavaScript on the site to automatically change the number depending on who it is that's landing on it. So long story short, we capture more analytics and we can capture the specific keywords that they typed in on Google to call that number. So even if they typed into Google, like, I don't know, like summer new roof, something like that, uh, that's a bad search term, but I'm on the spot, but just whatever, it's something that makes your ad show up and then they don't even click on the ad, they just call the number right away. We know what they typed in on Google through this like new crazy software. Yeah. And you know, sometimes we we listen to the calls, uh, sorry, we listen to calls on a monthly basis and we make sure that, you know, if people are, you know, they're just talking about customer service or issues that are not, that do not indicate that they're a proper lead, then I'll go into the campaign and I'll add the appropriate negative keywords or we'll adjust our targeting or our bidding to make sure that only the the best quality leads come in. Yeah, um, that feedback loop yeah. is so necessary. For sure, so so much so much data, so, so many insights that come through because of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think this is like a good segue to move into like our other topics, which is really specifically what we think are the best practices for landing pages and like what kind of sections typically we like to see on them. 
For sure. Well, you already kind of indicated some of them off the get-go, but um, because it's an isolated environment, we really want them to, uh, you know, it depends on the campaign, but we want, there's always one specific action that we want a user to take on a, la on a, on a landing page, whether it's like, you know, capture their contact information, get them to buy something. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's usually lead-oriented, but there's always one specific action that you want them to do. And you just want to make it as easy as possible for them to do that one action. So different buttons on the page, you know, uh, help the user go back to the form. You want to make sure you have like a form submission front and center. You don't want to have too many questions. <laughs> like I've seen some, I've seen some forms that are just, they look like surveys. You're like, no, I'm not doing all that. You just the first name, last name, email. That's really it. Email, sometimes a, a form field is, is max. Um, but yeah, definitely phone number at the top. Um, the, lead, the lead form is usually the best way to get their information. That's what most people like to see. But if you're on your phone, it's sometimes hard to get information. So making sure the phone number is always front and center is key to target those mobile users. Uh, but then there's a ton of different benefits and quotes and testimonials. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're constantly optimizing the the best sort of sections for our landing page. But yeah. uh, it's a constant like sort of UX battle. Yeah, I think in in my experience, I've always found that there's like certain sections that I always rely on that I think I can put on a page and it's going to make it really simple, really easy to navigate and then answer all the questions at the same time. So for me, I've I've written a blog post like it's on the Envision blog um, about like the all the sections that you need like essential for a landing page. And I always picture it as a hero, like the place that you have your main call to action, what your business is or like your UVP, like your unique value proposition, then a section that has one, two, three which is like your how it works. And I think no mm -hmm. matter how complex your business is, no matter how complex the product is, whatever, there has to be like a one, two, three, that's just like, look at the product, choose your size, buy it and feel good or something, or like get in touch. We take your data, we do this with it. Like everything should be one, two, three or maximum one, two, three, four. Then um, I always put in sections of social proof, which are number one, a testimonial section. I love a section that has like actual testimonials from users or whatever. And then another section with social proof that's like logos. So those logos to me are like um, any of your awards, certifications, recognitions, press features, anything like that to just associate mm -hmm. your brand with like bigger brands. It's almost like For domain authority or something, right? For and then um, Obviously, the form stuff that you mentioned, I think that's like right at the top. Um, and then further to that, like benefits versus features. I think we could probably go off on that forever. Oh, for sure. But like a benefit section would be like instead of focusing on, I think, uh, what's the example that we always give? It's like, you know, saying how, how much battery charge your phone can have. That for your average consumer, like I, I cannot even verbalize what a battery charge unit is to you right now. Like I can't even think of it off the top of my head. <laughs> but like if you're saying that like, hey, this phone has this much more battery units, it serves no purpose to me. So that's a feature. Whereas a benefit is uh, 
don't don't charge your phone for a full day or be able to take pictures for like 24 hours without having to like be tethered to a, a charger or carrying carry around as a, a battery pack right so mm-hmm. listing all your benefits versus all your features um for, for those sure those are like major sections to me and i like to see like a bit of a longer page because i think there used to be this internet where we would say like don't put things below the fold do you know it was like no one's gonna scroll below the fold everyone uses like phones now or like whatever like people will scroll forever like i think it's it's worth like continuing to put the content and like people will look for it for for sure and like all these different elements you know they they ladder up to two sort of main pillars in my opinion sort of like knowledge and trust so all these different tactics and sections you know people want to learn more about the product or service and that ladders up to that that knowledge section mm-hmm. but then there's that trust section so it's like the testimonials the social proof like mm-hmm. sure you can learn as you can say like yeah this product is like perfect for me but like i just saw them in, in a google ad like can i trust this company yeah. but then you see the testimonials the proof and you're like okay yeah this is a good company for me and in my opinion, those two factors lead to sales and lead to leads, for lack of a better word. Uh, and so if you if you think about it, you know, uh, this might have to be another podcast, but uh, in terms of paid advertising, there's there's two sort of main sort of ways to, to advertise to people. And that's sort of with Facebook and social media advertising and then they're with like Google or pay-per-click advertising. And uh, one, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I'll, I'll come back to that anyway just real quick. But um, uh, how I explain it to clients is that, you know, Facebook and social is, is interest-based advertising. So you, if you have a product or service that just can just capture their attention uh, through like a good picture or whatnot, that is more so Facebook and you capture them in that way. So that people are just scrolling through their feeds, they find so- something that's interesting and then they click to your landing page. Uh, then with Google, it's people who are actively searching on Google to find an answer to their unique problem. Yeah. So it's very, it's like problem-based searching. So you've got, depending on the campaign, you've got two different main uh, segments of users. You've got people who are just like interested in your product and they're, they're going to your landing page to learn more. That's your social traffic. And then you have your Google traffic. Those are people who are actively trying to find a solution and they're looking for an answer so you want to make sure that your landing page speaks to those two different audiences you want to make sure that you you intrigue them with more specific details about your product or service so you capture all that social interest traffic but then you also want to have lots of hard facts and like i don't know stats and like specific product details and service and and timelines and that that one two three steps like the people who are typing on Google, like they'll they'll really appreciate the one, two, three. So just keep that in mind when you're creating these landing pages. It, it's super key. Uh, so that was a big yeah. tangent, but uh, no, I, I think it's so. perfect to say because um, the big consideration here is a user journey, right? So if you're sending someone like and sending specific traffic to a landing page, what's your understanding of where they're coming from? And I think it's very simple to understand. Like, okay at the beginning of your journey, if you're coming from 
social media, you were probably there and you're just like scrolling mindlessly. You weren't intending to do anything and you're just like, whoops, like I saw like an Instagram ad for like some product and maybe I'll buy it or like, whoops, like maybe I should sign up for this course. But your mindset when you're on Google, it's like most people are like, furniture that fits in like a small condo and like that's when you're like ready to purchase something versus like just casually finding it right like it's it's a different mindset and that like interest based versus like search intent based is like two very different journeys that are starting from for sure and and you know with the with the benefits that you spoke about you know 10 minutes ago if, if you if we re-record or like re-watch this episode you'll you'll know that those benefits and services yeah. speak to those two user journeys very well uh and so um yeah it's, it's super effective at capturing their their lead or, or their purchase or whatnot yeah for sure um i wanted to touch on i think like a big question because we work in the industry of the web when people ask about drag and drop templates or like ones where you can diy it yourself so i think to to dial it back a little bit we build websites and we build big robust enterprise level websites so um very often the question of hey like can i just make a website myself or like what what do i have to consider if like I'm, I'm just going to use a tool or something. Um, mm -hmm. I wanted to ask that in the, the landing page context, because the ones I was going to name were like, there's Unbounce, which is, you know, a tool, drag and drop. They have awesome templates. Everything that I just named, hero mm -hmm. section, how it works, benefits, features, testimonials, et cetera, just drag and drop. And they have beautiful layouts and everything. Like the question being, can anyone just like build a, uh, a landing page through that? Or even MailChimp. MailChimp has landing pages so that it's really easy to get people, not necessarily like converting directly as leads, but converting as uh, opt-ins, right? Can, For can sure. you build stuff with that? And so I think I wanna talk about like the pros and cons of using a tool to build a landing page for yourself. For, for sure. And like, you know, there are so many different tools, um, but certain tools <laughs> play nicer in the sandbox than others. And, you know, certain tools uh, connect better to all our different analytics platforms. And, you know, once you get into, once you find a good WordPress plugin or template that you like, like I, I've made WordPress websites before. Yeah. Do I follow their template like color for color? Yeah, I sure do. <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> once you change colors and it's yeah. like, error on line 51 you're like oh my god like I don't, where's line 51 and like trust me it can very quickly take way more time than yeah. was originally you're intended like, I'm not so learning to be a developer here like let's just like throw this together uh, exactly as you told me to yeah yeah so there's there's certain things that you would much rather pay someone else to do uh that's that personally that's that's what i would go but with but um for sure there's some drag and drag and drop tools that are very effective, you know, uh, Unbounce is one. There's a couple other, there, companies are always coming out, but yeah. it, it doesn't really matter so much about the tactic if you can dev it out properly, but it, it's, there's a lot of strategy that goes into it. Like, you know, what what is the main goal? And I think clients typically go to the tactics first. We get it again and again. It's like, okay, let's take a step back. What what are your problems? Like, what what is the journey that you're trying to address? what is the strategy here? And yeah. 
I love asking why because <laughs> you know they right. provide an answer okay but why <laughs> you know what I mean yeah the whole like I just need leads and, or like I want you to do it on this platform it's like but why this platform or like what what was the goal of it like trying to get all the way up to the the real purpose and the goals is always a challenge right mm-hmm for sure. And it's it's tough getting that out, but once you get it out, you can really put together something that, that makes sense and that, that works long term. Because uh, for a lot of these campaigns and landing pages and, you know, it's, it's pretty technical, but once you get it all set up, you get the ball rolling, then you can optimize, you can measure. Um, if something isn't working, you just, you pivot, you know, uh, George, our CEO, has this great uh, pivot methodology. I can't speak to it off the top of my head, but mm -hmm. uh, it's it's it's. You should just watch the the video on YouTube. Yeah, uh, we'll link it in the description Wait, somewhere. somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I think Mike put in the description somewhere. Yeah, Michael will do something. Okay, cool. <laughs> Cue Michael drop the, the link here somewhere right now. Yeah, just I don't know there here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i think i think that's the gist of it it's like no matter what tools you use like we we often are asked by clients like do you prefer this tool for using this or this tool or whatever and i think that's a trap that you fall into very often in this like really fast paced um industry that there's always a new tool that has like x features plus one and you're like oh my god like shiny new thing so people are always trying to like switch around and be like that one's better it costs like a dollar less it has one more feature but yeah. tools are only tools and it's all like how you use it which is to say what strategy you put together to to actually like ideate what you want to put together mm -hmm. and like the output is almost like insignificant compared to all of the work before that what's that like sure. diagram that's like it's an iceberg and it's like what you see all the work that goes into it it's like yeah for sure <laughs> and it's just like you're on that iceberg and you see another iceberg you're like it's shiny object syndrome you're like oh yeah. i like that iceberg yeah what's but that investment that like, you put in it's like the investment just... to platform and all of the things that you put in previous it's like all of that's the most important part so I yeah let's just let's just scratch our wordpress website and go to webflow that sounds sexy <laughs> let's go to webflow <laughs> that's a big question right people are always like oh like wix or shopify or squarespace or wordpress like how do i make those choices and it's like you know just trust like the person that's going to build it and the their alignment with you and your goals versus which tool they work with right yeah no for sure for sure all right um okay so getting into our other discussion points um i wanted to talk about like using the principles of landing pages like the things that we've kind of learned in the past few months and years of building these for our clients and then having this like awesome sandbox environment to drive traffic to to create leads get those leads mm -hmm. converted like what have been some of our learnings there and like um how we you know continue to apply what we've learned from landing page environments for sure so many so many good learnings recently uh for those watching this podcast this is confidential so do not <laughs> share this with anyone but uh we, we've come across like a, a recent uh, strategy so 
some of our clients um, require a uh, longer funnel. You know, they, they require more touch points than others. And so we've started to investigate um, creating, you know, some pages or some clients have uh, what are called service pages. So they have, you know, pages for all the different services or are different sections of products. Mm -hmm. And so we've been discussing and, and implementing creating landing pages for each of the different products and each of the different services. Mm -hmm. But instead of uh, no indexing them as previously discussed, we're allowing uh, Google's search crawlers to crawl them uh, by indexing them. And basically, we're, we, we've been testing it out for some of uh, our marketing, but essentially people navigate to one landing page they jump to another landing page and then they, they you know they come back around it's almost full circle but they they land on a few different pages and they get all the knowledge and trust of all the different service pages but then you know at one point the third or fourth page then they capture it and you know we've noticed that for certain clients we've noticed that um the average number of pages visited before they we captured them as a lead was like you know 3.5 so you know mm. we did for those i don't know bigger ticket purchases we did have to create all those different touch points and then one thing that you have to keep in mind is like how do they all speak together like you know do they link to each other is it kind of like a blog where there's hyperlinks throughout or is it like at the bottom of a blog post you have like read this blog post or like read Brian's article. You know what I mean? Like how do all the different pages link together? And that requires a lot of UX strategy. Like what is the journey and, and really map it out and figure out how you want the consumer to navigate your website. I'm sure everyone has visited a website that was confusing and there were too many links or there's too many buttons. You're like, I'm lost. Like I need help navigating this government website. Not the government. It's April thirtieth. <laughs> Anyone who's logging to CRA again. right now. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Anyways, but yeah, it's it's very important to think about how the consumer goes through. And you know, we use Google Analytics for all of our clients. And you know, there's Universal Analytics and there's yeah. GA4. But I guess that'll be another podcast. But essentially, there's there's behavior tracking tools that. You can see, you know, where people drop off and, you know, we can map out all the different pages visited and sort it by specific target markets or target demographics. I mean, uh, and you can see like certain pages have a higher drop off percentage than others. Those pages with higher drop off percentages, like they need to have like more links or it needs to have more instructions that like, I don't know, intrigues them to like go further. So yeah. uh, there's just there's a lot that goes into it. So I've rambled on a lot there. No, I think um, <laughs> what it kind of, okay, I think I've got two things in my mind. First, we can use ourselves as an example here. Like we use PPC for ourselves, and this is like the Envision website. Seeing that people look at three, four, five pages, what it tells us for our industry and our uh, target demographic and who is going to possibly convert and get in touch is that the type of person that is looking at our site, they want to know who you are. So sometimes like a landing page isn't quite enough, even though it shows, you know, here's samples of our work, here's a few testimonials, maybe with a higher ticket item, especially when it's like a website or maybe a, an investment of signing on for retainer for like a year or so, um, you want to know who is it that I'm working with? How long have they been around? What other work have they done? Okay, let's see what they've been blogging about. And that's like, 
our experience has been people are like clicking through to multiple pages for us because they're like, who is this? And that's to say that my second question was going to be the uh, fact that some sales cycles are so much longer than others. So mm-hmm. I think the big differences and like what I, I would like to point out is how for maybe a, a, a product business, like if it's if you're just selling something and it's under a hundred dollars how easy is that Mm -hmm. sale if you're just coming and there's the landing page it's one that's going to sell you this product it's like i don't know all the benefits and everything of it you're like here's my credit card there you go you only need that single touch point and it's really easy to go from someone that's never heard of you to i don't know 100 bucks it's not that big of an investment but if your investment is ten thousand dollars a hundred thousand dollars or um we've done real estate right so it's like a million, mm-hmm. two million dollars. Do you think at a two million dollar thing they're gonna be like, let's go? Like I'm interested right now, and like they can mm-hmm. like in two days. Not really. The higher the ticket price is, the longer that cycle possibly becomes, right? So for sure, that's and, a huge and you know and, Sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off there. <laughs> uh, I was like so excited. I was like, yes, I, those clients, <laughs> you know, uh, but. In terms of paid advertising campaigns, you know, uh, typically we we optimize for the conversion that uh, makes is the biggest game changer for the client, like the end purchase or the end conversion of their contact information. But sometimes for those types of clients, like you need like an easier sell. You know what I mean? You need like an ebook download to start the journey off. Like some people, you know, they're not not as willing to give you their information or their credit card information you need to like suck them in a little bit easier you know just just download our ebook all we need is your email kind of thing and like check off our checkbox if you want like uh to be on our e-blast list but it's okay if you don't check it off you know what i mean that softer touch point allows us to start the journey uh, earlier and so you know there's a lot of methodologies like ada and you know i, I don't even want to get into it there's so many it's it's very theory based but um essentially we, we just want to start the journey and and so if you, you get your foot in you the door to, like exactly you, you have a conversation exactly you don't want to you don't want to ask for too hard of a sell it's like a salesperson you're not going to go up to a ramp person on the street and be like buy my mercedes you know what i mean you're going to like hand out flyers or something or just just start them on that path once you have their email you can yeah. do email marketing with facebook you can do lookalike audiences so we can you know take their data and <laughs> you can retarget to them with banner ads yeah those ads that follow you on websites yeah. and stuff That's everyone nice is annoyed by them but they're really effective so potato potato <laughs> I know it's it works right like you're like oh yeah. yeah I did browse that and that's the thing like people have experiences that are multi-device like you might start researching something on your phone and the way your phone is so distracting like something comes down like an alert from something else I'll go to that other app and forget what I was doing so it's almost mm-hmm. like a nice reminder sometimes when like the the remarketing follows you because you're like oh yeah i was like shopping for something when i got distracted completely yeah and it's like yeah i do actually need that product and see you did click on that banner ad or, or that facebook that second facebook ad and you you clicked through this could be in like another podcast but you get into like uh, uh sort of like touch points and there's there's last click advertising and, and you know um it's it's all about attribution. So 
which ad is getting the, the, the conversion? Is it the first touch point that started the journey or is it the last touch point that, that captured your interest? Yeah. Depending on the campaign, we have data and we, we can assign a percentage of the conversion value to both ads so that we're constantly optimizing for the ads that have the most impacts. Uh, and anyways, it's another can of worms, we won't get into it, but that's why sometimes we, we, sh we share to clients and we're like, we got you 39.57 conversions this month. And you're like, 0.57, what do you mean? Well, it's like, uh, on like April 1st, one of our ads like captured a, a pre-existing user, but on May 30th, they started that journey. And that's why we have a 0.57 of a conversion in April. Uh, but it's whatever, it's just something we explain. Yeah. I think like to tie it back to landing pages often it's like <laughs> often, oh yeah landing pages <laughs> yeah what were we talking about um to tie it back to landing pages it's like really often that a landing page is going to be like that first intro to your brand that first intro to something right and considering it's like that part of the journey if we continue with like remarketing ads and stuff we can be sending them to another page on your site to find out more about you but um i think it's kind of important to note on a digital marketing side of things we're always thinking like what landing page or destination page to send people to and that's not just mm. in the paid realm it's like seo it's like on social media like email like what destination do you want people to go to to give them the information they expected when they were clicking and it's really often not the home page which oh my like, god <laughs> which i i People love Sorry. their homepages and they love like putting everything on their homepage or like having every bit of information on their homepage. But like you're not always going to send traffic directly there because you want to tell them a slightly different story. Right. Exactly. And like and you go back to if we go back to the, the condo furniture example, like if, yeah. if you're if someone is searching, I'm not your but if, if someone is searching for a, uh, a nice couch for a condo yeah. and you, you you click on this amazing ad that's like we sell great uh, couches for condos <laughs> and then you go to the home page and it's like restoration hardware you're like where are my cute couches? You know what I mean? Have you ever done Sorry. that where like there's a product and they're like, it's in the ad, it's the product. You're like, yes, I want that product. I want to know the price of it. You click on the product and you're either on the homepage or you get, this is even worse. Would you like to browse the Canadian or US site? And when you go to like the Canadian site, it goes like homepage and you're like, Where's the product Be I wanted? Best Buy. <laughs> Best Buy. Oh, and just, you're just like, but I wanted this like I'm specific like, oh, camera. I want that speaker. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's no, a it, bad and it's, experience. And, and that gets to exactly. So on that notion of experience, I, we haven't addressed it yet, but um, this whole experience, Google knows this. Uh, and so, you know, in, in terms of, I won't get into Facebook right now, but on the yeah. Google PPC side of things, like Google wants a really good um, experience for both the user and the advertiser. So uh, th they have this metric called uh, quality score, and it basically just measures uh, three main factors. Uh, the three factors are uh, click-through rate, so like pretty much how effective your ad is. Like if it's a bad ad, it's got a low <laughs> click-through rate. Good yeah. ads have higher click-through rates. Yeah. Uh, relevancy score, so it's just like um, how relevant your ad is for what they're searching for. Like if someone was searching for cute couches, like 
does it say cute coach in your ad? Like it, that's, yeah. it's pretty, it's that simple. And ad then there's and landing, landing page, page relevance. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so, you know, if the landing page relevance is the home page, like there's, uh, the, it's not relevant. You'll have a low relevant score. And basically those three variables add up to the quality score of your ad campaign. Um, at the ad level, but that's a separate thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and what this quality score means is that uh, it directly impacts the cost that you have to pay for each click. So your CPC is very much dependent on the quality score of the campaign, and then also what your competitors are paying and stuff like that. But if we, all this to say, if we increase the relevance of your landing page, it increases your quality score, which lowers your cost per click. So you're going to get more clicks for a lower price. And all of this is from a landing page relevance. It's just yeah. one of three variables, but it, it, it goes a long way to make sure that, you know, you have unique landing pages uh, for the different services, or you just make sure that, you know, when we're, this is another, uh, I don't know, strategy note, like don't share with too many people, but like if you have a lot of the same verbiage on your landing page and then in the ad, and then you, when you're creating ads and, and search search terms, you know, you want to make sure that uh, what people are searching for, like those words are like in your ads. And then if possible, those words are also on your landing page because Google will, will see them and be like, wow, these guys have super relevant ads, super relevant landing pages. It's a great user experience. If from a user experience perspective, I'm searching for sweet couches. I see sweet couches and I like see them on the page and you buy them. It's a, just a great experience all around. And Google rewards you for that uh, as an advertiser. So that's how we get super low uh, CPCs for our clients. I think um, something that happens really often with um, business owners that try to do their own ads is that they'll get that free hundred dollars that Google gives you or like that free like Facebook advertising credit and they'll be like this is it like I'm gonna get leads in this hundred dollars is really gonna like you know help me out and then what they do is they send like they make ads that are based on I don't know maybe their brand throw everyone to go to their landing page which is their home page and then their ads flop or it costs them so much that they're like ads are not effective like yeah. What is what's your take on that? Because I feel like that's a universal experience. Like yeah, a it's lot like, of business owners do it and they're like, ads don't work. Oh yeah, I, I get it all the time. People are like, oh, you do paid advertising? Like I tried I ran some Facebook ads, they did not work for me. I was like, what do you do? Boost your post? They're like, Yeah, I clicked the boost button. And they're like, What was your target? What was your targeting? They're like, 18 to 65 plus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, 18-year-olds like, and 65-year-olds have a lot in common. Yeah, like people that are interested in clothing in yeah. Canada. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a rookie mistake, I'd say. Like doing that and not realizing um, how much optimizing and adjustment and consideration goes into not just the ads themselves, but the environment that you put them in is everything. So I think that... Mm -hmm. Um, I think that kind of like wraps it up really nicely. Like that, that landing page environment is like so essential in your paid process and your paid ads that like, we almost have trouble like untying them from each other. Whenever there's clients that are like, they want mm -hmm. paid, we're like, let's take a look if you've got the right pages on site. <clears throat> 
or if we need to build you one yeah if you think about it to like to summarize like uh you, clients are paying for paid advertising and you know yeah. the, the paid ads like a lot of times they work but they don't the client isn't going to get a lead if the like the landing page doesn't work because the ads can get tons of traffic to your site but if your site isn't effective you're not going to get the lead and then you're going to be like oh your ads didn't work we didn't get the lead it's like okay but like you know what i mean we got all these calls and they went to your voicemail <laughs> you know what i mean or like yeah. we got these form submissions but you know it, it's got to be the landing page is is the last half of the journey and you know if you for anyone in sales if you if you can't capture the lead or if you if you don't close the deal all that work was for nothing you, you know you get all the way to the close the deal part and if you don't close it you don't close it like that's it so yeah. the landing page is the closing the deal step of the paid digital advertising process completely agree and i think being in an agency there's only so much we can do because often we're like very entrepreneurial like most of most of our team is like really entrepreneurial everyone's got like mm -hmm. ideas all over the place and we cannot tell our clients like how to run their business and we cannot tell them like every single time you need a whole new site so like that <laughs> landing page is that like perfect in between of like let us just test these things out let us build this spe like specified environment and it just like allows us to get those conversions in that really like more of an instant gratification way, you know, a lot more than like, mm -hmm. you know, having to wait for leads to come in or, or waiting for a site, which can take months. For sure. For sure. It, it's, it's just like the perfect answer. And then if we, if we can do that, you know, we've got an amazing dev team and, and uh, we've got Mark, the amazing project manager. And if we breathe something into dev, we can get changes done super fast. And it's just a great experience for everyone. It's just all controlled, right? So mm -hmm. um, I think that's a good uh, closing for us because in conclusion, landing pages are essential for, for paid ads. Mm -hmm. um, so let's shut it down. Okay. Thank get you. your landing pages. <laughs> yeah, get your landing pages. Cheers. Thank you, Brian, for joining us. Um, anyone who watched all the way through, um, thank you. Like, thank you so much for making it through this. Um, if you have any questions, get in touch with us anytime. You can find more information at envision.co. Sounds good. Thank you. <laughs> Comment, like, subscribe. Do all those like things that Mike says to do. I don't know if this is on YouTube. Just like our channel, like follow us. We're just the talent. Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Do, did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. 
Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. <laughs>